Can a medical practice survive without taking insurance? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Lisa DeAndre, your host, and with me today is Renee McCarty. Renee is a physician assistant with more than 20 years of experience in family practice and women's health care. She founded and operates Lifetime Health Center in Tyler, Texas. This cash pay only family practice provides care to people who are uninsured or underinsured with a unique medical model. Today we are discussing a successful alternative medical model that is working in Tyler, Texas. Hi Renee, welcome to the show. Hi Lisa, thank you for having me. Renee, tell us what inspired you to open this clinic. Well, in my community, there are not places for people to go if they don't have insurance or if they have a very high deductible insurance. Their only option is really the health clinic, which is not a good option for people that are working and can't afford to spend all day sitting and hoping to be seen. So I opened the clinic to give working people another option to come and get good health care. Your clinic is cash only, no insurance. That's correct. No insurance of any kind. Tell us the benefits of having a medical practice that does not take insurance. Well, my fees are very reasonable, and they're posted so people know what to expect at checkout. We don't have two or three people in the back trying to bill and file and collect on the insurance claims, so it keeps my overhead very, very low. And people are expected to pay at the time of checkout. We don't, you know, then turn around and bill people and try to get them to pay a few months down the road. It's a wonderful cash model. And I know what to expect. I can pay my bills, pay my employees. I don't have a huge accounts receivable to try to negotiate with. The American public is not accustomed to paying for medical services. Do you have any difficulty collecting payment? No, because they are told up front it's a cash-only clinic and the office visit is $40. And if they have questions about other fees, they're told at the time that they call or during the visit if they have questions about fees, they're told up front in a very respectful manner how much it will cost, and then they can choose how to spend their health care dollars. The public has been very, very responsive to this model of care. And do you give receipts so that patients can bill their insurance? If they request that, then we can code a receipt, and they can, if they have insurance, they can file it with insurance, and it will usually go to their non-participating provider deductible. This model seems to be in between the retail health clinic and a traditional medical office. One of the medical arguments against retail health clinics is the lack of continuity of care. How is your clinic different? Well, I mean, we are a traditional family practice. The only difference is, is that we don't accept insurance. So we have returning patients. We take care of chronic health problems like high blood pressure, diabetes, hypothyroidism. So patients do have a medical home where they can come and see us. If they're sick, they can usually get a same-day appointment. If they need a traditional type of follow-up, they can usually be seen within a few days. So it's been very successful that way. Well, from a patient perspective, the retail health clinics also work because they're convenient, but you can't make an appointment there. So you can make regular appointments at your office just like a regular office. Yes, we prefer to work by appointment. My waiting room was designed very small on purpose because I don't like to keep people waiting. So we discourage walk-ins and do encourage appointments. So it keeps your waiting time down, and that way we know what to expect, too. We can only see a limited number of people a day because we want to sit and make eye contact with each patient. We don't want to run them through like the proverbial cattle. So we do encourage appointments. Patients also like the cost transparency. They know exactly what the cost of the visit will be. 
Do you have that cost transparency for your physical exam, for a regular office visit, for lab work? How does that work in your practice? Absolutely. In fact, the flyers that we have around town very clearly list our prices. It's $40 for an office visit for a new or returning patient. We do a full women's physical exam, which includes a physical exam, pap smear, and all of the traditional lab work for $140, and that's very clearly posted. And if a patient has a question about lab work, about an injection, about a procedure, we can tell them very clearly up front how much it will cost. To summarize, your clinic provides quality continuity of care, patient relationship building, affordable transparent prices, and easy access. Why is this model not popping up all over the United States? I can't answer that question. I have a couple of theories. First off, because it is a lower cost model, there are many physicians who would not be willing to take home the kind of salary that I'm taking home. When you come out of medical school with $100,000 plus debt, you can't afford to take a lower cost or a lower salary. You really need the higher salary that an insurance practice can provide to you. But I think this is a perfect niche for advanced clinicians, advanced practice clinicians, or mid-level providers who are willing to take a little less money than a traditional physician and provide those basic medical services. And I also think that our country is very indoctrinated to the, I don't want to pay for it, I have insurance model. So people that have insurance a lot of times want to go to a traditional practice where they know what their copay is going to be and then not have to have any other further out-of-pocket expenses. This does sound like a great niche for an advanced practice clinician. Has the American Association of Physician Assistants been supportive of this medical model? Not yet, because it breaks out of the traditional dependent practitioner mode. Now, understand I have a supervising physician. We have a medical director of the clinic. But when you come to my clinic, you're seen by a physician assistant or a nurse practitioner. And if you need further care, then you're referred to a physician specialist, just like you would be out of any other type of traditional family care. But my experience has been so far with the state and national organizations that while they're supportive as individuals, as organizations, they're keeping quiet on the subject. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Lisa DeAndre, and I'm speaking with Renee McCarty a physician assistant and founder of Lifetime Health Center in Tyler, Texas, a family practice that provides care to people who are uninsured and underinsured with a cash pay medical model. So you were talking about state, local, national levels. How about the American Medical Association? Any feedback from them regarding this medical model? I have not personally had any feedback or contact with the AMA regarding this model. But I would like to bring more attention to this kind of model. I truly believe that this model of health care will be the salvation of medical care in our country because people can get good medical care, basic medical care, at a lower cost. And then when you need a specialist, when you need more intensive, more specialized care, for heaven's sakes, let's send them to the better trained physicians to do what they were trained to do. And what do you do in a situation where you have a patient and you need a specialist or you need another eye to see this patient? I'm slowly beginning to make contacts and inroads in the community with physicians who will accept referrals from me for my cash pay patients and begin to work with them. We have a cardiologist, we have an ophthalmologist, we have a dermatologist who are very happy to see our referrals. And I also have a general surgeon when I have somebody that I suspect with a gallbladder problem or you know may need an appendectomy, that he's very happy to see my patients. So slowly, they're beginning to accept this model of care in the community. 
So you've negotiated some decreased prices with specialists around the area for these patients? I haven't, but they are willing to see my patients and work with them. So at least they're willing to take my referrals for a cash pay patient, which a lot of practices will not do unless the patient can make a $500 deposit up front, which of course most of them can't. But at least they're willing to see them and work with them. And how do you handle a patient that has no insurance and needs to go to the emergency room but comes to you instead? A lot of times if we can head it off at the phone, we will. I mean, if somebody's calling, they have chest pain, for heaven's sakes, don't come to the clinic. Go to the emergency room right away. If somebody shows up in the clinic that needs emergency care, if they have someone that can take them to the emergency room, fine. If not, I have called an ambulance several times to come and get someone. But I generally will go ahead and then call the emergency room ahead and let them know this patient is coming and what's going on and why I'm sending them. What about radiology if someone needs an MRI or a CT? We have a couple of places in town that work with our cash pay patients. Again, they're price transparent. Their prices are posted. I can tell the patient when I send them over for the x-ray, the CT, the MRI, this is how much it's going to cost. This is what they're going to expect from you. With a cash pay patient, it is many times less expensive than with an insurance patient. For instance, I can get an MRI with and without contrast for $400 for a cash pay patient if they're willing to pay up front. And as you know, with an insurance patient, that same MRI would be many thousands of dollars. And how are you treated by the physicians in your community? Initially, there was quite a bit of resistance from the physicians in the community because they didn't understand what I was doing and felt that I was going to be siphoning off patients and that kind of thing. But over the last couple of years, I have been able to develop some relationships and we're gaining more acceptance. In fact, now the emergency rooms many times will refer people to me for follow-up care if they have someone who doesn't have insurance and they're going to need follow-up care. My name is in the list of providers or our clinic is in the list of providers that they give to patients for follow-up care. So we're getting there. We're making progress. That's great. What about hospital privileges? I don't personally carry any hospital privileges. My medical director, supervising physician, doesn't admit to hospitals. So if somebody needs hospital care, I have two routes. If they need emergency care, they can go to the emergency room. If I know that they need to be admitted, I do have a relationship with a hospitalist in town who has on a couple of occasions taken the patient directly from me. What problems arise with your clinic that you wouldn't see with a traditional medical office? The hard part is because my patients are uninsured, they many times don't have resources. I see this scenario over and over again. A 30-year-old woman with right upper quadrant pain, she has gallbladder disease. She's in constant pain. She's sick. It's affected her life, her activities of daily living. But because it is not an emergency, I can't get care for her. She's going to have to come up with money to pay the surgeon and to pay a deposit on the hospital in order to get her gallbladder out. And I see this kind of thing over and over and over again. There simply are not enough resources for people that are not in an acute emergency but need care now, an urgent situation. So I'm sure that that's a problem in practices all over, but it's certainly a bigger problem in mine because the patients are, 90% of them are uninsured. Renee, if someone is interested in replicating this model, what advice would you give them? To look at it long and hard, you've got to be sure of your community. You've got to be sure of your supervising physician, medical director. You need to have a very good relationship with someone in place beforehand, before you go into this. I'm extremely fortunate in my supervising physician who has a heart for the work that I'm doing and totally supports me. You can't go into this for the money, okay? You've got to be, like I said, I'm making a living, but if I wanted to make big bucks, I'd go into specialized surgery. But this model can work, but you have to be very sure this is where your heart is. You need to have the first year's operating costs 
available up front because though this is wildly successful right now, two years down the road, for the first year I had to work another job to pay my own mortgage. I was making the clinic expenses, but I couldn't pay myself. So there's a lot of things to consider going into this, just like you would opening any business. Is there a place where people can get more information? If they want to contact me personally, they can go to my website, which is lifetimehealthcenter.com, and you can certainly send me an email. I'm not aware that there's a organization or group of PAs or nurse practitioners who are, are doing this, but I wish there were. Thank you, Renee, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm Lisa DeAndre, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions through our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire medical show library and on-demand podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Judith Lickman from the Yale School of Public Health in New Haven, Connecticut. You are listening to the first national radio channel created specifically for medical professionals, ReachMD XM 157.